Welcome back to Out of the Rough, a fantasy golf podcast brought to you by We Know Fantasy. This is Nate with We Know Fantasy. Today I am joined by my my uh, beloved and fearless co-hosts here. We'll kick it off with Sean. Sean, how we doing? Good, Nate. Good. Good to be back. How you doing? Yeah, Sean wasn't here last week, but uh, we had on the fort as he has for me in past weeks and. He wasn't too aggressive there with his return, which is nice to hear. And, of course, Jeez. Lenny is here as well. Lenny, how we doing? Doing all right after a lovely uh, PGA Championship. Um, you know, better than Brooks kept his 18th hole. So, we're doing good. Yeah, I, uh, you know, old Brooks had some uh, rough patches there in that final round, and of course, Lefty himself, 50-year-old, oldest winner in uh, major history right there. That's pretty cool to see. Uh, just trying to – just a, a fun weekend of golf. Uh, just just love to see history happen when we can. we got to witness something that's never been done before, so that's pretty cool uh, then in itself. But before we move on, guys, follow us on social media, at Out of the Rough WK on both Twitter and Instagram. Follow We Know Fantasy on Twitter and Facebook at We Know Fantasy and visit our website, WeKnowFantasy.com, for some more fantasy sports content, including football, basketball, baseball, golf, NASCAR, you name it, we have you covered. As previously mentioned, last week was a PGA Championship at the Ocean Course. It was uh, interesting to say the least. I had some success, won a couple bucks there on DFS. I know that Lenny uh, did as well. Not sure how Sean did since he wasn't along last week's podcast but uh i'll go through how i did last week i had of course the chambo was my big spender he had a t for 38 plus three webb simpson was plus two at t3 thought this would be a, a better outing with simpson he was my one and done as well but you know at least he made the cut and was the 30th uh top 30 place winner wills al torres my man there minus one for a t8 abe answer really had a great final round to get to minus one at a t8 and christian bezenhout Plus two at T30 as well. So, like I said, everyone made the cut in my DFS. Won a couple bucks, double my money. Can't be too mad about that. You know, uh, you know, if you break even when it comes to gambling, you're happy about that. Plus, you got a good tournament and got to see some history happening. So, a good weekend all around. So, Lenny, how we do last week, man? We, we had a good week. It, I thought it was going to be much better than it was. Um, I had Spieth, Neiman both kind of faltered in that fourth round where if those two you know played even par got themselves like that t8 finish we could have had an excellent week but they both ended up finishing t30 hovland with a t30 as well scotty scheffler though got that t8 and then sivas is in now you know 30 as well so i mean if you were looking for hitting a 30th place I, I had a good week, um, but everyone made the cut, so I can't be too disappointed at that with, you know, all the big names that did miss this past week. Yeah, great tournament there. And, uh, Sean, I know you weren't on the podcast, did anything, but you played DFS. Did you uh, have some success this week? Uh, I actually didn't get a chance to throw in any lineups uh, this week, so I was just a fan watching, but it was nice to enjoy it. Yeah, was great from a, a golf perspective and just being a fan, even though if you didn't have a few dollars riding, it was still fun to watch. And it was just a great weekend of golf. And 
We're going to move forward here. We have the Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial Golf Course, where we at Texas, Florida, no, not Texas, Austin. What am I trying to say here? Fort Worth, Texas, Fort right? Worth. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, man. Anyhow, so a little bit about this course. This is kind of one of those courses that's a typical PGA course. It's um, it, it's not one where one aspect of the game kind of dominates. You know, everyone with you know whatever skill they have can compete here. Seventy-two hundred yards. Golfer strategy from the tee being the most important. You know, distance off the tee, as is every course, can be a benefit. Can be a can be important, but it's not. It's not really the strongest thing here. As um, you know, just getting the ball in the proper place, opposed to distance, really is key here. All the par threes in this course are 190 yards plus. So there's that. They have a daunting 635 yard par five outside of those hose hose hose. Yeah, that's where my mind's at. Outside of those holes. There are nine par fours measuring less than 445 yards. So when it comes to that, anyone on tour can score low on those holes. So like I said, you're not driving those, but everyone's going to get there within two, hopefully. So a lot of work to be done around the green and on the green, especially this week. Seven of the nine par, seven of the nine par fours play less than 430 yards, and five of them annually play under par for the tournament. Approach shots and putting, like I just said, are what will win this tournament. So, in terms of statistics, strokes gain approach, par fours gain 350 to 400, fairways gain, and proximity 100 125 yards. Uh, before we get to Lenny, Sean, you anything you to contribute about this course this week? I, I don't have anything as normal because, you know, as for me, I got to keep things consistent about the course at least. Um, but I do have a fun fact. Um, that uh, Ben Hogan, I guess, apparently grew up on this course and played on it. So uh, he played well on it and, and figured that out and obviously led to a good career. So um, just an interesting fun fact about the course. Um, but no, nothing said about it specifically. Well, it's always great to have all sorts of information about these courses. And Len, anything else you want to add? I mean, the, the kind of key things I'm looking at this week not a very long course and I'm not necessarily fading guys that are, you know, the bombers long off the tee, but it's going to bring everyone into play. So I'm going to be more focused on kind of the accuracy stats, keeping the ball in the fairway approach play. Um, and then just around the green game a little bit as well. Uh, greens are a little bit smaller than your tour average and kind of, I don't want to say like we saw with the Florida courses with all those Pete Dye designs, but I think it'll play somewhat similar to what we saw there. Um, maybe the winds pick up in Texas. Uh, we've seen it before, so we'll kind of see what happens this week. Yep. Uh, like I said, just a, just a kind of, I hate to say it, but kind of run-of-the-mill course type of thing. When you think of PGA courses, this kind of fits the mold there. So, Let's kick it off, Sean. You weren't here last week. Let's let's have you kick it off here. I mean, I guess I have you kick it off every week, but anyhow, who's your 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 big money spender? Ten thousand dollar plus here. So uh, for me, I'm going with uh, Colin Morikawa. He's coming in at ten five. Um, I think he kind of fits the mold of what LJ just mentioned of kind of hitting the ball where you need to hit it and playing consistent. Um, just speaking on stat wise, I know this year he's been not necessarily uh, like 
where he could have been up to standards, I guess, but he has a win on his belt. Um, and the last couple of weeks at the RB came in seventh and at the PGA championship, he came in eighth. So I feel like with the guys that are listed there in that range and the stats that he has, he's just kind of playing very consistent golf now. Um, I think he's definitely worth the 10, five uh, money price there. So that's why I'm going to take him at that range. Yeah. Before we get to Lenny, that's who I have here as well. If there is one aspect of this course that kind of gives you a leg up here at Colonial, it's approach. And we know what Colin Murakawa does with that. He is the best of the tour. It comes to just clean ball striking and approach altogether. He's eighth in fairways gain, top 15 in proximity, 125. He's also top 20 on the tour and efficiency on par four is 350 to 400. So everything here points to a Colin Murakawa week. Uh, I know I play this guy a lot, but... It, He's just so statistically sound that I kind of have to. So I'm going full steam ahead with the green lighting Morikawa this week. So, Lenny, who do you have here, man? Yeah, I'm going to go JT at 11 this week. But I do want to say last time we played here, I did have an outright bet on Morikawa that hurt me in multiple ways when he lost in that playoff. But um, so he does have a a second-place finish here. So, I mean – Ton before I jump into mine, I think Morikawa is a good pick. But I'm going JT at 11. He missed the cut this past week, which I don't think is going to hurt him too awful much. He struggled off the tee mainly, and that's somewhere where JT normally, you don't see him losing too many strokes. He isn't, you know, the best off the tee, but he's normally gaining strokes. I don't see that repeating itself this week. The putting game improved at the championship, and that's really where he's been struggling a lot lately. And we saw this when he won at the players, where two weeks before that at Genesis, absolutely struggled with the putter, struggled off the tee. We saw him bounce back at the WGC play well and then a win at the players. I I just don't think JT is going to stay down for long, um, and he's going to be my play this week at 11. Yeah, JT is still one of the best golfers in the world, so – like you said, you just can't keep him down for long, and it's just a matter of time before he starts bouncing back. And this is a week to really do that. So, uh, moving down here, nine thousand to nine thousand nine hundred. Sean, who do we have in this price range, man? I'm going with Gary Woodland. Uh, he's coming in at nine two, um, so he's in the lower end of the end end of that range. Um, however, I feel like he's worth more, um, especially with how you have to kind of hit some approach shots or maybe get creative. Um, he's definitely got the stinger in his back pocket, like I've mentioned before. And um, coming off of Wells Fargo with the fifth place, uh, sixth place of Valero, just to kind of highlight his two top tens that he's had this year. Um, and then at the PGA Championship, he did have a pretty good couple of solid first three rounds. Uh, his last round, he had a 77, which took him to 38th, which isn't terrible. Um, so if he didn't have that that kind of off day on Sunday, he might have seen some different numbers from him there. Um, but at, I'm very interested to see how uh, how he's going to play this week. So 9-2 Gary Woodland for this one. Yeah, you're also going to the bottom of the price range there, which is always uh, something to look forward to, especially if you're going to spend up for, like uh, like I said, 10-5 isn't super expensive for your top guy. When it comes to JT, 11 would be uh, kind of pricey. But we'll see what Lenny has in this price range. Lenny, who are you playing here and why? I am bringing back the Tony Finau sightings again on the podcast. He was someone, yeah, he was someone I was playing a lot, and then he had a bit of a rough streak going. 
You know, he showed back up in the PGA Championship, kind of doing what Tony Fino does. At every major, he seems to contend. Um, but I think this is just going to be a tournament where he does well. Um, you know, his approach play has been pretty good lately off the tee. I think he's lost strokes once this entire year. But around the green this past week is really where he gained his strokes. And so I'm, I'm just kind of thinking that he carries that with him again this week keeps the momentum going because we saw it before in the season uh, when he had those top 10 finishes, he just kept reeling them off right in a row. And I, I'm kind of, it's a little bit of a gut play that he continues this play. And so, you know, I'm going Tony Fino. He's at nine, six. I think he is someone who might be a little bit lower owned also in this range when you have Zalatoris and Answer right above him, Corey Connors, some very popular guys that are going to be played because it is an invitational that I think we only have 120 guys in the field. Ownership percentages might come into play a little bit more, um, a little bit more of a reason why I'm going Tony, but a little bit of a gut play, Tony Fino this week, 9-6. What was it? Three or four straight weeks of second place finishes earlier this year with Tony. Yeah, three straight second-place finishes. Yeah, he was on one of the hottest golfers in the entire tour. They kind of cooled off a little bit and getting back there uh, now. So not a bad play said there. It was a good note about the invitational aspect of this of this tournament this week. Is ownership will be something to worry about because if everyone invests in the, in the Zal Taurus and Answer and they, they miss a the cut, there's a big swing to be had there. But... A guy you mentioned uh, being possibly higher owned is Corey Connors, and that's who I have here at 9-4. You know, I'd love for his putting pace he had a few weeks ago to be where he's at now. He had, I think it was five straight tournaments with uh, strokes gained on the green. But, but since those five tournaments, he had three straight tournaments where he dropped strokes on the green. Uh, so we know what he can do on the green if he's on. He's also one of the best... I'd put him at in, in, in the tier of elite ball strikers on the tour and an aspect of approaching the green. He's top four on the tour in, show, in strokes gained approach. So if he gets that putter going, if he gets that putter going this week and just gets, and drops a few strokes on the green, I think he's in, in line for a great week at 9-4, you know, below kind of not exactly the lower end of the 9,000s, but he's below the 9-5 mark. I think it's a great play there. And, you know, I, I, I'm really in on Connors this week. Absolute elite ball striker. He's one of the best ball strikers in the world. And like we've said before, that plays at every tournament, no matter what. Yeah, that's the stat, that transfer from tournament to tournament, that, that approach. Every week we talk about strokes gain approach is important, and, and that's what, you know, Connors does and Morikawa. Those guys are just excellent. And clean striking the ball is just exactly what you need to have success week in and week out. So uh, there's that. Next price range here, the 8,000s. Sean, almost forgot about you. You're still here, I believe. Hopefully you haven't hung up on us. But um, who who are you playing in the 8,000s? Yeah, I'm I'm still still here. Um, I'm going a little higher on the range uh, from last time, but I'm going 8-8 Billy Horschel. Um, For me, I think he has been playing some pretty good golf this year. Um, five top five, or uh, sorry, three top five finishes. Um, he's made a, a bunch of cuts. Um, been kind of consistent. You look at the PGA Championship, the 23rd, uh, RBC Heritage, the 25th, 
couple fiftieths around the Masters and the players, so he's still doing decently to make cuts. Um, he's thirteenth on the FedEx Cup rank, um, so you know he's 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 up there for the ranking. I know he's finished high in that one year as well, so I'm sure he's hoping to keep those points running. Um, and he also does have the first place at the uh, WGC match play, which was in Austin. So this being in Texas, he might find a little comfort with that. Um, but Billy Horschel, 8-8, eight, eight, I think he uh, he might be a good pick in this range, obviously. <laughs> Out of the rough, home of SGPTC, coming back after there, a uh, good pick there. And, you know, Lenny would would love to uh, – <laughs> Would love to hype you up about that as well. You know, the, the, the owner, the trademark holder of that specific statistic. But speaking of Lenny, who we have here in the 8,000s? I am going to go Charlie Hoffman. 8-7 for Charlie Hoffman. He's got a top 26 out of the last seven events he's played in. He's just been striping the ball lately. His approach game and off the tee pretty much kind of been off the charts. Uh, he, I think he's gained in probably like 10 of the last 11 events, just playing great golf. Uh, I think he's just a bit of a bargain there, 8-7. Uh, I mean, Palmer's someone who I love. I don't expect Phil to play this week, but then kind of just the guys around him a little bit that Nash, Streelman, I just have question marks about. Justin Rose, he's played well in the majors, but hasn't done much else. Where Hoffman has just been consistently good week in, week out now for a couple of months. So for me, Charlie Hoffman at eight seven, like that's someone that I'm just gonna be booking in every lineup I have. Yeah, this eight thousand price range is one I'm not too excited about. I kind of struggle to find a guy myself and you know, Hoffman's a good name, like you said, just consistency week in, week out. He's always in the eight thousand price range, sometimes in bigger tournaments. Drops down to the 7,000 price range, but still can't go wrong with the Hoffman. And you mentioned my guy here, Strillman here at 8-3. Like I said, nothing too exciting about this pick. There's no flair when it comes to Strillman, the 42-year-old. He did quietly have a fantastic out of the PGA Championship. What was it, a tie for eighth? Uh, just hanging in there into the weekend and kind of just, you know, behind the scenes of what was happening. Had himself a great weekend and, of course, a great payday. But prior to that, he went uh, he went even at Wells Fargo as well. He's top 30 on the tour in strokes gained approach, consistent ball striker. And I said this, I'm just not I'm just not comfortable really with anyone here in this price range. And you know, I don't know if I'll be playing many lineups with an eight thousand. I may even skip over this price range uh, completely and, and drop down to the seven thousands. But if I'm here to pick someone, Struman's my guy. And I know I know before we hopped on the podcast here. Uh, Sean had him as well, so there's some likeness there between, you know, two of us here on the pod, which you know always points toward a a bad result on their end. But we'll see how it goes this week. And uh, yeah, but Stillman's my guy. I mean, I guess you could kind of make a bit of a connection here that Daniel Berger has won this event last year. He won the Pebble Beach Pro Am. Kevin Stillman played really well at the Pebble Beach Pro Am. You know, maybe if a burger can link the two, maybe Strelman can link the two. Listen, this is the type of information you're not getting anywhere else on the internet. <laughs> this is the insight that only out of the rough brought to you by Wino Fantasy can provide you. I'm just putting that out there. All right, guys, we have two more price ranges here. Sean, kick us off here in the 7,000s. I am going with a guy. I feel like I may have mentioned him before on here, uh, but Ian Poulter. 
uh, at 7-7. And this is a little bit of a gut play. Um, LJ mentioned earlier, you don't have to really be too far off the, off the tee or have to make some aggressive plays. And I feel like Poulter kind of plays that game. He's kind of that old Van Gaal, um, obviously, in that, that range. And sticking with the trend of last week with Phil, I could see a little bit of inspiration probably coming to him, thinking that he's on the older end of it and might be able to do it just as well. Um, so I, I think that, you know, Poulter just being the kind of golfer that he is and the kind of aggressive play, um, I think he can he can make a, a few good shots around the green and 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 really make a change here. So seven uh, seven Ian Poulter. Yeah, that's a that's a name I've heard in quite some time. But, you know, I do have a soft spot for Poulter because that few years ago and. You know, I had him and, and the young Aaron Wise just riding high. I talk about this lineup all the time just because it's the only bright spot I have in my – one of the few I have in my family history is about that Masters tournament just because it was just so much fun just to live in that moment. But, yeah, he was there. He was in that lineup as well just uh, for those to, to know. And, of course, if you listen to this podcast, you know Aaron Wise was there. I'll talk about that for the rest of the existence of this entire podcast. Um but yeah, Poulter, Poulter, a veteran name here on the tour, and you know, uh, what was it? Was it at a Masters a year or two ago where he had that little meltdown type of thing? Well, I was thinking of someone else. Uh, Poulter is prone to a bit of a meltdown. I can't remember specifically, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it probably uh, probably wasn't the Masters, but it was something. It was anyway. Anyhow, Lenny, who do we have here at the seven thousands? I'm going Brant Snedeker. He's at seven nine. Do you know how old Brant Snedeker is off the top of your guys' head? I'm going twenty seven. Old. He's only forty. I was thinking he was much older than that because <laughs> I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna be like, oh yeah, I'm going with Sean, going with the older guy here who doesn't hit it far off the tee. Brant Snedeker really isn't that terribly old. I mean, he's forty. He's not a young guy on tour. But he's playing like it. I mean, he's playing great. He's got a six last time uh, we were in Houston at Valero. Got a 17th at the Byron Nelson. So two very good Texas tournaments. He's also got a fourth at Zurich Classic. And I'm the 11th at the Valspar. I know I'm kind of jumping around with those results. But those were all four of the last five events he's played in. Or five out of the last six events he's played in. So he's got a great resume coming in. He's just one of those guys who isn't very long off the tee. The approach game isn't the best. However, kind of like with Poulter, like with Billy Horschel, around the greens putting is where he's excellent. And I think with a shorter course, giving him some shorter irons going in, not having to hit the long irons while other guys might be hitting seven, eight irons into greens, he's now the one kind of hitting the seven, eights. I think that's going to help him this week. And he's been playing great. Um, just excellent around the form. So for me, Brant Snedeker, 7-9. I think he's going to be a good play. Yeah, so you actually are going to play the youngest of us here when it comes to the 7,000 price range. Uh, or Sean's still there with the oldest. I'm going right here in the middle of the 42-year-old Matt Kuchar, 7-6. When it comes to efficiency, efficiency at par four, three fifty to four hundred, only Russell Henley is better than Kuchar on the tour. I know he missed the cut last week of the PGA, but prior to that, he went negative. Uh, what's he? Sixteenth AT and T and minus nine at RPC Heritage for top twenty finishes in both events. 
when you're looking at tor or when you're looking at courses that are similar to the Colonial Harbor Town with the RPC Heritage is kind of similar. Uh, you know, when you look at comparison courses, they're they're awfully linked together, and that's where Kuchar had a minus nine in the top twenty finish. So uh, he finished actually T for eighteen of that event. So when it comes to par fours, there with nine of them in that that realm of him of his success distance wise, and having some success already the season at Harbor Town, it's a great play here at seven six. Ooh. All right, final. Price range. This is it. This is the, uh, you know, I say this every week, but this is where if your guy hits here, you have bragging rights for some time. The six thousand nine hundred and below price range. So basically, Sean, who's your home run hopeful of the week? I'm going with the Canadian Mackenzie Hughes. Uh, he's coming in at six six, uh, so kind of in that range of the higher end, but still, like you mentioned. I feel like a pretty big leap. Um, he does have a, a kind of a decent history in Houston, or in Texas, I should say. Back in November, he did take a tide for seventh in the Houston Open, and he does have a third at the Corrales Putacana Resort and Club Championship. I felt like I had to say the whole thing. You um, always have to. You have to get that whole name in every time. So I, I, I also wanted to say that as well, so that's kind of why I wanted to bring up Mackenzie Hughes. But I do think that he is um, somebody who although he's rated in this range, can play golf that's outside of this range. It might just be one of those either off years or he has he has the potential for it. So um, just taking a little bit of a leap, like, like always in this range, but 6'6", uh, six, six, Mackenzie Hughes feels like a good play for me. He uh, He's someone who made a good run at the match play in Austin, made a few upsets, uh, which I accurately picked. Just want to throw that out there. Um Finished team ninth, so he's got a got a good little history in Texas. Yeah, that is for sure. And Lenny, since you uh, since you're next in line, who are you hoping for uh, to hit big here? This low price range for you. I am kind of just doing what I normally do, playing the same guys over and over in the six k range. Going back to Vincent Whaley again. I mean, the guy has made, what is it, eight cuts in a row on tour. He's got three top 30 finishes in a row. One of his finishes and being 15th. Just, I mean, in the 6K range, if you can get someone who's made eight straight cuts, you know, has, what, four or five top 30s in that period, like, I'm just going to keep playing you. Just, just like when I was playing Chase Seifert. You just keep riding them until they kind of fall off the wagon a little bit. I'm just going to keep riding Vincent Whaley until he falls off. And he's at 6'2". Like, he's almost at the very bottom end of this range. So I feel like that just the pricing for him is just it's just wrong, I think. Um, so I'm going Vincent Whaley at 6'2". Yeah, that's always a good strategy here in the 6,000 price range. Really just look at cuts and see who's there to – just hopefully make the cut for you. And that's all you're hoping for here. So if you get a guy at six two to make the cut for you, you're sitting pretty good for the for the week. So I'm going Brian Stewart here at six seven. Half the battle here at Colonial is just getting off the tee or just getting tee to green and allowing the putter to do some work for you. Stewart is second on the tour in fairways hit efficiency. He sits five hundred sixty five of seven hundred seventy six fairways this season. 
That's good for 72.81% conversion rating. Not too bad if you ask me. So just playing the ball straight this week and getting it up and down will put you in some success and looking for a looking for a, a, a make cut here at 6-7, and this could be a week for Star to really do that. Yeah, he's someone who would not be considered long off the tee, so he's another guy who could fall into the being able to select shorter irons could definitely help him out where he's normally playing the longer irons on some of these holes. All right, all right, all right. So before we get to our one and done, it's time for the the trademark stapled segment here, the Strokes Gained Proximity to Course. That's SG, capital P, lowercase t, capital C, brought to you by our one and only Lenny. Lenny, who did you have last week at the PGA Championship at the Kiowa Island? We had Harris English last week. He made the cut, did not have a good weekend. Um, finished tied for 64th. Um, I guess kind of I, we're making cuts with these guys, but we're not having great finishes. Um, so take it with kind of what you you want. But this week we're going to go with Sebastian Munoz. Sebi Munoz is back. He went to school in North Texas, so he's a bit of a Texas guy here. He knows kind of the, the Texas winds when they pick up. He knows a little bit of just the kind of grass that we have out here, the course layouts. Um, finished ninth at Valero earlier this year when we were in Texas and also made the cut at uh, Byron Nelson. So I'm hoping we get a bit better of a finish than kind of just making it past the cut line and making the cut. Sebastian Munoz, come on, give us a give us a top twenty this week for us, please. And if we do, we will celebrate in the uh, the only out of the rough fashion we know, which we don't know yet because we haven't got to that point. But we will hopefully establish that this weekend. All right, guys, one more segment here, one and done. Let's see last week results. Uh, quickly stall them while I load the text message. Sing a song, someone quick. All right. Uh, I, we're back. We're back. We're back. Okay. We're back. Okay. Anyhow, Lenny last week had Jordan Spieth at five. Uh, he had 59.750. I had Simpson who tied what with a tie for 30th, I think, at the same price yep. range. Yep. And Sean was the. Loser of the week, even though he still leads the the entire challenge by one point, almost three million, with his Roy McIlroy pick at twenty four nine. So that allows Sean to lead off this week for his one and done. If that was my way of going, then the loser goes first. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I will go with the guy that I mentioned earlier in uh, our our price ranges. Um, I'm going to go with Gary Woodland. All right, and I think that since Lenny and I tied, Lenny's leading me by about 200000 in this challenge. I go second. I'm going Corey Connors here. Uh, hopefully he gets that putter going and can just lose a few strokes on the greens and give me a good, give me a good finish this week. I'm going to – I don't want to say take a big swing here, but I'm going to use a big-name guy. I'm going to go JT this week. I'm confident he's going to win it. It's an invitational, so it's a pretty big payday, so I don't feel like I'm wasting him here. 
Um, but I, I, we need to catch Sean. We're gonna. I'm. I'm gonna have tar- start taking some swings here. So playing Jeez. JT this week. Yeah, Sean has done everything to allow us to catch him, and we just have faltered and not not done that yet. But hopefully, hopefully <laughs> this is the week we get it. Hopefully we get there. Just to make it a little it. more competitive. Because uh, let's see, Sean's at what two point three, two point four mil essentially. Yeah. Lenny's at one point one, and I'm at nine eighty. Haven't even eclipsed that million dollar mark yet. So yeah, what is this week two, four, six, eight, eight or nine? So this would be about week nine or ten. So getting kind of deep in here, and we'll see what happens from there. But yeah. That's it for today's or this week's episode. The Charles Swab this week. Next week with the Memorial. Then we're into the third major of the season. The U.S. Open at the Torrey Pines. Uh, that's going to be a fun tournament. But, yeah, we'll be, back. we'll be back at you next week with the Memorial Tournament. And until next week, guys, we'll see you.